0: family, you are listening to Concrete Pastures. I'm Nancy Mulemosisi. Being an immigrant has been one of the most challenging and extraordinary experiences of my life. It inspired me to create a platform to reach out to my fellow immigrants and dreamers. The goal is to provide a space for myself and others to share our stories as we deconstruct the world's view of immigrant status. We unlock the joys the laughs, and the bravery that being a dreamer brings. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And to all of our new listeners, welcome to the family. Oh, today is a wrap, guys, for season one. I'm ending this season at 20, episode twenty. And for those of you that are loyal listeners, you would know already that this year marks my 20 year anniversary of being here in America. I was going to end the season with a different episode. For some reason, this episode keeps coming up for me to share. I wanted to share this episode that I'm about to share with you at a later time in season two, however, here we are. So 20 years this year, and most of that 20 years was spent with my soon to be ex-husband. So I was with my soon to be ex-husband 15 years. We were married 13 years. I'll save you the lovey-dovey stuff (laughs) but we basically grew up together. We we got married very young. We grew up together in our marriage. (laughs) I'll tell you this though, our problems I would say started in 2019. The major problems that got us to this point started in 2019. But prior to that, I mean, we had problems that, you know, like any other couple, any other marriage, you go through ups and downs and you, you know, you solve those problems, you weather those, you know, storms, and then you move on. At least I thought we did sometimes from those issues because they came up in 2019, even even when they didn't need to, but they came up. Okay. so. 2019, I was pregnant with our son. My son didn't bring any issues. It just happened to be that way, but it made things worse for me because dealing with the pregnancy and then marital problems. And then we had our six-year-old daughter, which was a lot to juggle for me. However, I'm a tough cookie. I will tell you that like any other marriage, or relationship before it comes to an end you get a lot of signs I have to give it to God he had showed me enough signs to be able to walk away but I ignored like any other person I guess we ignore those signs I made my own narrative I prayed a lot I hoped and believed that things would change for the better and believe me, the more I prayed, the worse things got. <laughs> I have to make light of this. Today it's not heavy, but it used to be heavy. I was in complete denial of my reality. I wanted to give something to my kids that I never had. I was raised by single parents. My grandmother became single because her husband passed away. My mom became single because she was no longer with my father. So I was raised by those two women, but I wanted to change that for my kids. I wanted for them to experience what I never did, because I don't know what it feels like to have both parents in the same household. I don't know. But I know what it feels like to have both parents raise kids, at least for our daughter. We were both raising our daughter together, each of our inputs. I would say that's the part that we kind of did good. I would pat ourselves on the shoulder for that. To come back to the topic at hand, I really wanted to change the course of history for my kids, but things didn't happen that way. So the last time my husband left the house... Everything that had transpired in our marriage hit me at once. I had all kinds of feelings. I was angry. I had never felt that type of anger in my life. I was angry at God (laughs) for allowing things to happen the way they did. I was mad at myself. My heart felt like it was physically broken in half. I was broken. I felt alone. The thing is, I've been here, this year is going to be 20 years. I used to miss my family in the beginning, maybe like the first year or something, but like anything in life, you get used to not having those people around. So my immediate family, I'll miss them from time to time, but when I was going through... This change, this chapter, I was truly missing my immediate family to be with me. I didn't want to go through it alone. I wanted my mom, I wanted to be a child again. I wanted for me to cry in in front of my mom to just lay on her lap and just cry my eyes out. And for her just to tell me everything was going to be okay. I didn't want to deal with my brokenness in front of my kids. My kids saw me cry every single day. Every day, they saw me cry at least for four months or five months. They saw me cry. I'll take you back a little bit. A lot of my cries, before I take you back, well, for my kids really and then what could have been I, I cried a lot for that because we had plans we had plans of getting old together we had plans of buying a home together literally we had plans of sitting by the fire talking about our you know reminiscing about the past and talking about how we traveled across america how our kids have gotten big and looking at pictures maybe at some point and, you know, laughing about those things. We had so many plans for our kids, and then I cried for what I had lost, my whole savings that I had saved up for my whole career. I was now at negative zero. I hadn't been able to recover it, but it is what it is. I was at negative zero, no savings, gone. So prior to things hitting my soul, so many things broke us up. I'll share one of the biggest issues that we had that contributed to so many little things around. So, so many things led to me filing for divorce. Yes, I'm the one that filed for divorce. I have a higher Turns or things, I would say nonsense, for sometimes, I felt pushed to the limit. That's when I decided to file for divorce. But prior to that, <laughs> with all the fighting, with COVID going on, fighting meaning arguments, with COVID going on, and there was no peace in the house, I was on autopilot trying to deal with my day-to-day. I just got a new job, I had to learn to mask my pain. So when I got to work, I had to check my emotions at the door. As I always tell my team, no personal issues should be brought in our business. As a leader, you have no bad days. In front of your team, you are their leader. You're there to guide them, you're there to coach, They had to provide support, but nobody was providing me support. I showed up, and it was business, as always. I couldn't show my emotions at any point. This was so tough to do because I live in my head a lot. I try to hide my emotions. I'm telling you, I... But when you talk about your emotions betraying you, yeah... I found myself crying in the bathroom two, three, four times a day at work. Something would just trigger me from nowhere. I would see someone that probably looks like my ex. Mind you, we were living in the same house. But I already had checked out mentally that this was done already. I was already starting to go through my process of dealing with him not being around at all. The cries came randomly. I would be helping someone. I would be providing coaching maybe to my team and all of a sudden I have a trigger. I would go to the bathroom and, you know, cry and just come out and pretend like nothing is happening. No matter how much I Try to hide my emotions. There was one person, our security guard. He's a veteran. We used to talk a lot during the day when while he's there. We used to chat a lot. He had been with his wife, I think, for over thirty years. I used to ask him a lot of the times, "How did you, how did you guys spend thirty something years together?" And his response was always. I always made, made her feel that she's right. I, I was very impressed with uh, some of the response. I don't even remember some of the things that he said, but I couldn't hide my emotions from him. He never asked me what was happening with me, but he told me every single day when he saw me, everything will work out for your good. Everything will work out for your good. At that time, when he told me those words, I didn't receive it. I didn't receive his words at all. I heard him, but I never received his words at all. When, every day when it was time to go home, so my day at work helped me at least to not dwell so much. I did think about what was going on in my life, but... It was a needed distraction for me every single day to go to work. At least my kids didn't have to see me angry or cry at some point. So eight hours or however hours I was at work helped me to have that relief. But when it was time to go home, oh my God, I hated going home. I didn't like... The thought of going home, because home was no longer safe haven for me. Home had become a toxic place for me and my kids. I was literally living a nightmare that I was not waking up from. That's how I felt every day. I kept asking me, when, when, when do I wake up from this? When is this nightmare over? And that's why I was so angry to God. Like no matter what I, no matter how I prayed no matter how many times I pray. I prayed throughout the day. I would talk to God every day. Nothing. Nothing at all. Things just got worse. Like it's, I don't know. (laughs) It almost felt like the Jonah story where he gets swallowed by the fish. And before that, everything was just not going right for him. So (laughs) that's how I feel. Even like talking about it now, it gives me that. My husband, my best friend had turned into someone I didn't know. I went home only because of my kids. I hated the person that I had, I was becoming. I was angry, I was an angry person. And for me, who is a processor with the arguments, I mean, oh my God, the arguments. It was so much noise. I I couldn't deal with it. And that brought me to losing so much respect for someone I cared so much for. We didn't know how to argue. We never learned how to argue as a couple. It was all about winning. And in a marriage, winning is not even the approach. You're both on the same team. But all along, the I I got so aggravated that a lot of the things were for me to change. But when I asked for change for my partner, it did not apply to him. I couldn't deal with that part, that I was the only one expected to change. But the other side was not willing to do the same. Part of our argument, since there was a lot that was involved in the relationship that brought us, again, to separating, to me filing for divorce, part of the reason was me working. Being in a corporate world, it's a lot. It takes a lot of work to climb up the ladder. I had a lot of days, weeks, months, and years of sacrifice, I worked hard to contribute to the life that we wanted for our kids to have. We wanted to give our kids and the life that we wanted to live, really. When I finally got to the point where I felt my life was whole, I felt complete, I was no longer chasing anything, huh. God said otherwise. The universe said otherwise. Whatever you believe in, just said otherwise. As immigrants, we get caught up into the grind. We forget about each other as a couple or as couples. Because we were both immigrants, and in finance, I expected my partner to understand that I was working my tail off for us to have a better life those were my intentions but they were not received that way we stopped being in alignment with what our relationship was supposed to be we stopped growing together we were not we, we we didn't pour into each other or our relationship the way we needed to relationships are a lot of work marriage takes a lot it takes it to a whole different level of responsibility and accountability for for each other you know when you plant a seed you don't just leave it to you know to grow you have to water it you have to put fertilizer, manure whatever and you you nature it it's the same thing for relationships you have to nature relationships going on dates is not the only thing being romantic to one another is not the only thing because if you remove the intimate is part of the relationship, you have to remain with something that has substance because relationships are not only based on intimacy, especially if you stay that long in a relationship. So as immigrants, we get caught up too much, I would say, into making a living and forgetting the other important parts of our lives. It's not intentionally, but it's how the making of being an immigrant is. We come here, we work hard, we want to provide for our families, and we expect our partners to understand. It didn't work out that way for me. I'm a better individual, I'm a better person when I'm being supported in all areas. My career is part of that. Being a mother and being a wife and being a friend, it's part of the makings of being me. And being who I am and what I believe in and my values, it's the makings of being me. I felt like my partner loved certain parts of me and not all of me. His words say all of me, but the actions were different. Another thing that I want to mention is when we had our daughter, even though we were all in the grind, we spent, before we had our daughter, we were married seven years before we had our daughter. And then when we had our daughter, no foot to her, it changed the dynamic of our relationship. We were so used to being just the two of us, and then all of a sudden it was three of us. And we never got the balance of balancing. For me, I didn't get the balance of being a wife, mother, career woman, and in that finding myself. I felt like I couldn't I was able to juggle it, but I was being asked for more. And that frustrated me a lot, because I was giving my 80%, but the 80% was not being received. I was asked to give 1,000%. But I was not receiving 1,000% from my partner. I felt I was not enough. So I lost myself in motherhood, in being a wife, and a career. But regardless of everything that I gave into our relationship, it didn't work. Bad things show up without an appointment. Havoc just shows up. I wish it did schedule an appointment this way I can reschedule, that I wanted to, you know, to enjoy life, try to reschedule it to Neverland. (laughs) But regardless of what my wishes are, Life had hit me really hard. The pain was unbearable. I wanted out of this world. I wanted out. I was throwing in the towel. What was the point of going on, of working hard? What was the point? I was stuck in giving my children the dream that I didn't have. I don't even know if it was a dream. It's just the life that I didn't have of both parents. I was stuck on that. I guess when you come from a single-family home, we have this thing. I don't even know what to call it. You just have this thing that you want to give your kids something that you never had, and I was on that. Really, it, it drove me in my whole relationship as to actually even sometimes throw things that went against my values for the sake of wanting to have peace and for to provide for my kids something that I didn't have. So, for my kids, they literally gave me life, I would say. I was going through unbearable heartbreak in front of my kids. But their life had to go on. My daughter watched me cry every day. My son is two now, going on three this next month. He, His life needed to go on. He didn't care. I'd be crying my eyes out. He wants to eat. I would have to feed him he wants to play, I'd have to somewhat find strength to play with him. I my daughter wanted attention, same thing. There's two of them. So I had to give them attention while I was bawling my eyes out. They want to play soccer. I I had to find strength somewhere to be that fun mom that they knew they had. I had to make it intentional, to heal. Healing became my number one priority in my life. This was after maybe a few months after I was just tired of crying and wallowing out and having this pity party, It had to end. The negativity had to go. And people that were negative and things that brought me negativity had to go. I needed to be quiet. I needed to find me. I needed to show up for my kids. I needed to find a different, I guess, not even the different. That's the best version of me that I wanted to see. I paid attention to my triggers. In my morning period, my daughter, not intentional, she used she was my trigger. My little princess would talk about her father almost every day because she was missing him. She was so used to having her father around and she'd talk about him. That was a trigger she expected me to participate in her conversation i tried my best to converse with her i i was just not there and then it became apparent to her that mom was not interested in talking about daddy i couldn't fake it for her i tried but my emotions got the best of me i hated watching her hold back when she was talking to me. Sometimes she would just come and she would want to blur out talking about her dad. And she would just see my face and she would just stop. I couldn't deal with it because at the time, even just me saying his name, I would be crying. I was not there emotionally for me to participate in those type of conversations with my daughter. I avoided so many things. There were so many triggers. Romantic movies. My nights were hard. I didn't want to go to sleep at I slept, but I didn't rest. My brain just kept going. My imagination just went on and on. Come on, just let the girl think. And girls, our thinking just goes wild. My mind was just going wild on its own. I'd wake up so many times, but I had to shut that down. I had to shut that down. I had to shut down the shame, the feeling that I I was a failure. The financial burden that was just on me was humongous. The judgment, being able I I didn't want to answer people's questions. But again, I had to answer people's questions. Even my LinkedIn, I would say, (laughs) I had removed my last name. I have two last names, my married name and my maiden name. So I removed my married name. Someone reached out to me and said, Hey, you're back to CC? Like I never lost CC, it's just there. And it was those things that I was trying to avoid but I had to go through it. So the first thing I did, I put on my leadership hat and made an action plan for myself. I needed to have a healing process for myself that was going to work for me no matter what. I'm a big advocate for therapy, but throughout my marriage, I had gone to therapy alone. I had done therapy alone so many times. I didn't want to do therapy this time around. I wanted to go to the G.O.D. that I was angry with. I wanted to connect with God. I wanted to go to where something was familiar with me. I had lost touch with God. People were telling me, oh, pray, pray. Mm -mm. I was not praying not the way I was supposed to. I was complaining. That was my type of prayer. I was complaining to God as to why things were happening the way they happened. I tried to pray, but if I'm being honest and thinking about it, really, it was complaints that I was doing. So I needed to get back to praying and really connecting with God. I reached out. To Pastor Freddy. For anybody who doesn't know Pastor Fred, it was my first interview I did. I reached out to him. I was familiar with him. I knew he would tell me the truth. I knew he would not allow me to talk about my ex-husband. He would only allow me to talk about what I was doing to move on, to heal connect with God. So we spoke every week. He would text me every day, a verse, something. Sometimes I spoke to him twice or three times a week, depending on how I was doing that week, because I had good weeks and some bad weeks. And on those bad weeks, we would talk three times a week, sometimes. In the bad weeks, (laughs) um, there was a lot of... I had to point the finger now to myself. The victim mentality had to go. In order for me to heal, I, I couldn't blame my ex. There was only so much you could blame on someone. And ultimately, it's a marriage. He didn't argue by himself. He didn't break us apart by himself. Things led to us to our relationship falling apart. So I had to look into to what I brought to the table, what I contributed and what I contributed to break us apart. So it does not happen or it might, it does not show up in my next relationship. Or just in me generally. So I made it a point to make sure that I was really just focused on me because sometimes (laughs) when I did therapy I focused on me and my ex when I used to do therapy that's why this time around when I was getting my when I was trying to go through when I was going through my healing process I did not want to point a finger at him or talk about him in a way that I didn't want him to come through. I listened, I immersed myself a lot in healing books. Oh my gosh, I read Love After the Breakup by Stéphane Labossé. I hope I'm pronouncing this the right way. In that book, he has, first of all, he started with No dating. Okay. From the beginning. Same thing with my pastor friend. He told me that you cannot be dating around this time. You need to heal from everything that has transpired in your life. Not just in the marriage. In your life. And it's the same thing that was in the book. So in everything is good in the book. But he has this exercise. In that book, Stefan, it's called the hit list, someone, the list of all the people that hurt you in your whole lifetime. So I got to do that exercise. At first, I when I got to that point, I read the book, I got to that point, I stopped reading. I was like, ah, I didn't feel like doing that exercise because you, this was a tough task for me to do. Even though they told me not to go on dates, I went on a date. And it was a disaster. Not on the person, on me. And it just validated that I needed to do the work. I was comparing. I was... The person was great on paper. Really good. (laughs) Funny enough, he wanted to marry me right away. I should say that. (laughs) Oh, God. But, yeah, no. It was a bad idea. However, it woke me up to the fact that I needed to continue on my journey. I beat myself up every time I deviated from the plan. It would be a few times that I deviated from my plan. So, if you're going through, you're going through your healing, and you are not following step by step. My ask of you is to give yourself some grace. Healing process is not one thing that fits everybody. You can do it your way, but if you don't even follow your own process, I would say it's okay to give yourself some grace because it's a journey. It's an everyday thing. You are choosing. It's a choice every day to want to show up for yourself. But today I'm going to do this for myself. And I had to go back to that. I went to continue to read the book, and I did the exercise. So the top person on my list, I don't know if you guys want to guess, but it was not my husband. It was my father. That was the top person on my list. The exercise is to write letters to how that person hurt you. So my father was top, my mom, then my ex-husband, then other people. So I wrote letters to everybody. Some people I didn't even think they would come up, but they came up. That's the beauty of the book. I thought I'd gotten over certain things, but then they showed up at that time. That was a lot of crying. Again, I thought I was done with crying and I hated crying. That was a lot of crying through writing those emotions on how they hurt me. And after you write that, those letters, you're supposed to, to mail those letters. And if somebody that hurt you is no longer around, you burn those letters. So for my father, it was easy. I burned the letter. I didn't have to send it away. For my mom, I didn't send it because my mom has healthy issues that I was okay with not sending the letter. I was glad that I was able to take out whatever it is that I felt I was hurt by her. At this point, talking about it, I've moved on. I'm past it completely. And then for my ex, I didn't want to send the letter. Plus, I didn't even have an address. So I didn't want to do that. I wrote the letter. And then after you write these letters, you also have to write... Another letter of how you've moved on, so it's a whole exercise. So I wrote the letters, I did the whole exercise. It was life-changing for me. I looked into so much stuff that I thought I had gotten over and all of a sudden I had to to relieve those feelings, those emotions aside from the book after i read love after heartbreak i also had to go through his uh, daily affirmation for healing so he has all these affirmations every single day that you you read to yourself when i first started i was not receiving the words i'll be honest i was again My healing process was not perfect, so I was not receiving the words. As I continued to read every day, I started to receive and believe the words that I was reading out loud to myself. Slowly but sure, each day was different. Another book that I read, that I'm still rereading actually, Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. It's a great book. It gives you a different way of thinking. I listened to Jay Shetty's podcast. It also helped me with my healing process. I listened to TG Jacks. Up to today, I do. It's my daily thing. Joe Austin, Steve Harvey. And I had adopted this method from Mel Robinson, the 54321. So. Every time I would think about my ex, I don't know what it was. My heart physically would hurt. Like behind my heart, I would have such a pain that was excruciating. Every time I would think about him, especially in the beginning, I would think about him, it would physically hurt like that. And then sometimes, that was one time I saw him. My car literally stopped. I couldn't move. I like was frozen. I saw him. And that was the last time I saw him from the time that we separated. He was in a store somewhere. And I saw him. And then I drove off. But during the time, the short time that I had stopped the car, just to look at him, my heart was racing. My... Behind my heart, again, the excruciating pain. I'd never felt like that. I mean, I've grown. I've gone through heartbreaks, but this was on a whole different level. I don't know what it was. I just couldn't bear with the pain, and I was. I would get angry at myself. I'm like, why do I feel like this? And why do I care to even stop to look? at this person so there was a lot of anger in some of my actions that i i took for myself and unintentionally just even thinking about him so the five four three two one helped me like any thought of him i would count backwards and it disappear i continue to do that and until I stopped thinking about him. And in those moments, I celebrated those moments. Was like, oh my God, I didn't think about him today. Oh my God, I didn't think about him at all. I started to celebrate those things. And now when, even my, when my daughter brought him up into conversation, because she never stopped. She stopped talking about him every day, but she would do it like every month, two months. And then when she brought him up, I would be okay to converse with her. I was, we were talking. We talk, and I would respond to her on a different tone now. It was a more of, it's okay for me to talk, to, for us to talk about him. It's okay. She was comfortable. I made sure. It was tough. And even... My daughter noticed my process. She told me one time, Mommy, you stop crying. And that was painful, but validating, I'm saying. (laughs) Because I didn't want my daughter to, you know, see that. My son, I hope he never remembers. Uh, But for my daughter, I feel bad that she had to watch me go through that. I got into kickboxing. Kickboxing helped me a lot. Aside from just mentally, I had to be physically okay as well. I'm a big fan of exercising. I wanted to go back to what was familiar. I wanted to go back running, but I couldn't do that because I have two little ones. I can't leave them in the house by themselves. So what I did was I'll go kickboxing. This was something new. I'm more of a Pilates, yoga type of person. I wanted to completely change up my exercising routine. Kickboxing brought me so much joy. And it brought me back to running. Because aside from kickboxing and punching the bag and kicking the bag, they also train you. So you're running around the whole gym. So I got that, what I wanted. And that was a lot of release in the punching. I mean, the first time I went there... I wanted to punch my ex, let's be real. (laughs) I wanted to put his face there, but I couldn't do it. I could not do it. The fact that the relationship ended, doesn't mean you don't love the person. I wish the memories, like you could just snap your fingers and it just goes away, but even though I wish that, then that will take away my kids. Because in those memories, my kids are in there of the life that we, we made together. So today, as I sit here and talk to you guys, I don't take anything back of anything that transpired in my life, in my marriage. I am happy. I am at peace with everything that has transpired i am big at protecting my peace oh my god i'm so protective of my peace i laugh with so much freedom now my million dollar smile is back i smile oh my goodness every day i am supermom. i truly love the person that i have become i am proud of myself i'm proud for investing in myself I have forgiven myself for allowing things to happen the way they did, for tolerating a lot of the things that went against my values for the sake of the relationship. I have forgiven myself for what I contributed and led to breaking the relationship. I have forgiven my partner. I have I have a sense of freedom that I don't even know how to explain it. it just it, it just feels great to be in the space that I, I am today. I'm glad for how I showed up. I don't have no regrets at all. I'm glad I showed up with my eighty percent for my partner for my kids because in this world no one is going to show up for more than 80 percent. I learned that no one can be everything. We all have our 20 missing. That's why we have best friends outside our spouses. That's why we have friends outside our spouses that fulfill the other 20 percent that our spouses miss. So for anybody going through A breakup. Any type of breakup. It can just be a relationship with your husband or boyfriend, best friend maybe. Give yourself some grace as you go through the healing process. Allow yourself to feel all of your feelings. I used to fight myself a lot for feeling the emotions I was feeling about my ex. I needed to allow myself to have those feelings to pass in order for me to move on. I had to learn that. My journey was not easy at all. Still today, I still choose myself. I have to choose myself. Choose yourself every single day. Because if you love yourself, you'll be able to give that love to others. My heart has opened up all of you it's broken in half but it opened up to giving so much love to the world to you that listen to me every week every month every day concrete pastures came to me in the middle of my heartbreak in the middle of my journey of healing at first I was so excited about going through it and recording for my kids. I wanted to one day for my kids have something that they can go to and maybe for them also to continue this journey. But then God had other plans of interviews that came to me. I started to think, who's going to be on the podcast? I don't know that many people. I hadn't been in my community for so long. I don't know anybody. Long story short, God showed me the people that needed to be on the podcast, that needed to help me one by one, literally. Some people showed up in my Instagram, personal Instagram before I even opened up. Concrete Pastures 1. They showed up. One of them that showed up is sick Wisdom from Patricia Washington. I was not looking for her. I was not even searching for things that she was selling. she was talking about. She just showed up. I was fighting as to why do I have to go to her? I had everything ready. My story was all I had. my my immigrant story. That's all I had. But the interview part of what I was going to interview people, I didn't know who was going to come. So she was, Patrice Washington was talking about having a community and joining the community and helping arrange your story, your personal story. She talks about how important your story is and how you can arrange your story to impact people in a way that it needs to be. I thought about it for like a month. Then I ended up joining her community. Joining her community has changed my life. I'm so grateful to her. I've been able to meet so many people, especially women, so many sisters. Concrete Pastures has been a space of healing for me through the interviews that all of our amazing guests hold into our community. They have been able to pour and inspire us and they have inspired me. They have poured into me as well. So from the words of that old man, our veteran, our security guard, that all things would work for my good. All things worked for my good. I leave you today with If you don't love yourself enough, people will tell you how to love yourself. My ask of you, I encourage you, if you are hurting, whoever needed to hear this, if you're going through a hard time, no matter what it is, work on yourself. Find something that you used to love to do if you're not already doing it. I did something even as simple as just watching an African video. The massacre Kids brought me back my childhood I saw their video them dancing it brought me back my childhood it brought me my once upon a time so when I was recording once upon a time I had been motivated by, inspired by Masaka Kids it brought me back how it was like and I needed to go back to that And that was also healing for me. So find something that you used to love. Something that brings you joy. Something that used to bring you joy. If it's your kids, give them that. I'm back to my kids as a great mom, super mom. I'm back to being childish with them. I'm I'm back to dancing my endlessly, just dancing and just being me. I want to thank all of you for tuning in again, every week, week over week, (sighs) for being with me for all of these months. It's been a ride and it's only going to be better from here for all of us. In the meantime, my ask of you, If you can, if you are not following us on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, please follow us this way. You don't miss anything. Even though I'm taking a break, I'm not completely withdrawing from being on social media and keeping you posted on the events that are coming. I'm looking to be going live on some important topics with some expats. So you do not want to miss those events. They are super important. They are relevant to our community. And join our mailing list if you're not on it already. I'll be sending some announcements through our mailing list as well. So please go to concretepastures.com and sign up for our mailing list. That's all I have for you, dreamers. My fellow immigrants, until next time, keep dreaming and be blessed. Thank you for everything.